Hello, Matt from the future again. In this week's film, I'm a little bit drunk. You see, I started day drinking before we started recording the episode, and as a result, well, as I said, I'm drunk. We've also got some wind chimes, some drunken idiot hitting the table a little bit. I've edited out most of my drunken rants, though, so... You're welcome? Welcome once again to the M4 Project. As always, I'm Matthew Jelanik. I'm Michael Sullivan. And I am Morgan Davidson. What do you got for this this week, mate? Hello, and welcome to Disc 3 of Learning How to Speak Drunk Matt. By now, you should be familiar with the excessive repetition and increased speed of Drunk Matt speech. <laughs> Example. What do you got for this this week, mate? Would translate loosely to... What have you got for us this week, mate? What are your thoughts on giraffes? I don't care, Matthew, what your uh, thoughts are. I think they are unusually big. You could say suspiciously big. I think they have a hidden agenda and they're trying <laughs> to overthrow the lion as king. <laughs> I think about, think about it. They're so tall, they always seem to be around. They can sneak around. They're inconspicuous by being so conspicuous. They are hidden in constant view. I think they are amassing a secret shadow army, probably in conjunction, conjunction with the baboons. As we all know, baboons are sneaky bastards. They can't be trusted, especially after the death of the wise and mage-like Rafiki. His death caused a power vacuum of the baboon warlords. <laughs> anyway, back to giraffes. Think about this. Why are their necks so long? It's so they have they can have secret conversations way up high when no one else can hear it. Probably planning about troop numbers, tactical deployments, and how the wildebeests aren't committing until they know exactly what side the meerkats are on. <laughs> wildebeests fucking hate meerkats, and they won't be seen rallying together with their mortal enemy. Have you ever seen a giraffe reading Sun Tzu's The Art of War? Of course you haven't. They are not silly enough to let any National Geographic photographers get it as hard evidence. It would seriously weaken their campaign. They listen to it on audiobooks. Oh. Also... <laughs> it's like the cord. It's it? all the way up the neck. <laughs> <It's a motherfucking laughs> those things on their, their, their heads, those horn-like things, and they're not horns. They're actually antennas for transfer transmitting messages over long distance probably to download their audiobooks as well anyway i'm telling you guys it's a fucking shadow army and these lions better watch out <laughs> okay at what, at, at what point did you get off the lithium because holy <laughs> fuck <laughs> okay yeah um sometimes at night you just get a thinking you know and... you get a little thing of how much ice was involved. No, no ice. No, no ice. Only ice in the drinks. Anyways, we're a movie anyway, podcast. Anyway, we're a movie podcast. We got the info project. Uh, this week was a mic pick, so it's a thriller. It was actually a suspense mystery. Suspense mystery. Suspense. Synonymous with American thriller. <laughs> thriller. Yes, absolutely. Continuous. Front of the box, Mike. Back of the box. Blue Ruin is the movie from 2013. This week, it's a it's an indie film. I've done in a was it a Sundance movie or something? Yeah, it was. Sundance Film Festival? Yeah, great. Macon Blair. Macon Blair plays Dwight, the main character, who is a, uh, a vagrant, a homeless man, um, that we starts the movie basically entirely revolved around him, just his daily life, what he does being homeless. Being a man who is ignored by society. Yeah. And who is an actor who we ever encountered before in, in Green Room. Green Room. Same director as well. Same director as well, was yes, it? Yes, oh, it there you go. The only thing about this movie, that it doesn't have sense. Patrick Stewart in it. Mm. 
That's true. Uh, he, he played uh, Gabe, the, the mm-hmm. guy who was sort of uh, in green room. Didn't really want to be involved in what oh, occurred. He yes. was just the bar manager. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the same guy. Miss that. Anywho, uh, so basically starts off with uh, his day-to-day life, rummaging through bins, getting food. Living. Uh, yeah, just living how a homeless person lives. Uh, until one day he gets woken up abruptly by a police officer um, saying, come to the station. Um, You're not in trouble. Not in trouble. You just need to be with someone when you find out. And it turns out that... Uh, the murderer of his parents has just or just about to be released from prison after a plea de- like the plea deal. Uh, so he goes after mm-hmm. goes after a bit of the old revenge. Mm-hmm. Wade Cleland, starts. his name is what? the uh, bad Wade guy. Cleland is the bad he's guy. After yeah, uh, so Dwight returns to his hometown in Virginia. He watches the Clelands collect Wade from prison, follows Wade to a club restroom, restroom, and after a fight, fatally stabs him. And escapes in the Cleveland's limo. That happens really quick. That happens really quick, and I think it's important in the back of the box to set this up. After after cleaning himself up, Dwight Dwight visits his sister Sam for the first time in years and tells her he has killed Wade. She's shocked as the killing has gone unreported on the news. Dwight surmises that the Clevelands have decided to seek revenge without police involvement. Sam flees her home with her daughters, and Dwight awaits in the house for the Clevelands' attack. The Clevelands arrive in the car that he had left there, and then the action really gets going. Mm. That's about the first half hour of the movie. It is. It's the initial setup because yeah, it it's yeah. there and the, then it is. Like, there's the whole movie, like, it's. The story's not hugely in depth. No, it no. Just, it is it's a very, very, it's a very slow quick. burn. Well, it's kind of a slow burn. Then the, for me, it felt like. You said half an hour, but uh, maybe it is. But for me, it felt like that happened. Boom. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a. I don't know, it feels like a bit of an oxymoron in my head that it sl- feels like a slow burner in that it, it has a lot of suspense building up to the parts, but stuff happens really quick, yeah. really quickly in the plot. What, what it is, is there's not a lot of discussion. There's not a lot mm. of this vocal exposition yeah. that you get in a lot of traditional Hollywood media. And instead, it's just things happen and yeah. you're left to sit there and surmise what's going on. And as a result, I think it's a film that I, I really, really enjoyed. Because yeah. it doesn't sit there and go... I'm upset because this occurred. I am hero. Instead, it's this guy doing these things. He's like, why the fuck, fuck are you doing? Oh, actually, yeah. no. As a homeless dude, he would learn how that, to be unnoticed and move through this world. That's why I wanted to give that little bit of extra back of the box because if you end it just there, it's like, oh yeah, and then what happens in the movie? Yeah. Anyway, like, that's why I felt that was probably the point you need to get to to yeah, say, that's and then this happens. Anyways, just a couple other things. Um, this was basically funded through a Kickstarter campaign. Um, MTV described it as the perfect example of what crowdfunding can can accomplish. Um, Absolutely, I didn't realize that, and if it is, yeah, well done. So we all know Mike likes thrillers, but I've seen another theme coming through here: um, killer vagrants. Uh, we had a forest <laughs> demon vagrant, Borgman, uh, now murderous beach vagrant in this movie, Blue Ruin. I'm wondering how long it takes to get to surviving the game where rapper Ice-T plays a big city vagrant and he goes around <laughs> killing a group of men that were trying to hunt him like prey. <laughs> or the 1992 movie starring Bill Paxton, simply titled Vagrant. The Vagrant. How did you know my list? I've, it's just... I just put the, dots, I put the dots together. I went thriller, vagrant, and, and then give me these movies. Put it in the dark. <laughs> no, yeah. no, he has a wall. Yeah, and he's got I'm red like, strings. What's Mike going to pick next? Oh, he picked a vagrant and another oh vagrant. My oh, my God. It all adds up. Um, it all adds up. After the back of the box, let's go straight to characters, actors, and the Start off with Macon Blair because he's basically the only real character. Or True. He's not the only actor, but he's the only real he's, character. He's the central yeah. performer. Yeah. He plays Dwight Evans. Did very well. Mm. Thought he played the character incredibly well. Um, Decent job in this role. He comes across very well in the role, uh, and the, in the two movies I've 
I've seen him in. He was, he was probably my favourite. He, I think I said this. He was picking yeah. my actors in Green Room. And he was definitely, whilst other people didn't get as much time, he was definitely the pick of it. Of, he, he's of the, the sort of dude one. that I, I, I look at now and go, oh my God, I hope you get something big. He was, he he was good in this. He, like was, he, he, he did fantastic well, fantastically well with the role that he had, uh, playing early in the film, playing this sort of semi-juvenile bearded man who's been stunted for whatever reason you don't don't know at the beginning and then it's revealed that his parents were murdered and then as he evolves and has all these sort of expressions of not only the desire for revenge but also this natural sort of reactions of being a human being in within that situation he, he did fantastically well i'm surprised i haven't seen him in a big role he hasn't been in, in much i actually checked him checked him out in that respect yeah. and he hasn't been in a huge amount like we said in green room being my favorite actor and that's considering a movie that had patrick stewart in it yeah and yeah. uh uh yelchin who i don't like but he was still <laughs> definitely better in the, the, the like uh, he's he's absolutely wheels. a busy man yeah. but he's all these smaller things yeah that you don't like, really oh my know God, of. why aren't you, why aren't um, you so what I liked about Dwight's character in this he, he was capable but he was extremely flawed yes. like we see him living uh, what would come across as a carefully life like, you know living in the car on the beach scavenging food from the rubbish of the nearby sh- um, showground bottles for money you know yeah all those sort of things it's really intelligent really frugal you know when he's sneaking into the beach house to use amenities you're like okay that's that's cool. You're basically just getting by, and then it comes across that he's not really carefree. He's he's having a mental having or has had a mental breakdown that was caused by the double murder of his parents, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, that's why you're sort of doing. You know, that's why you're so careful. What you're and doing so desperate to push away human society. So, yeah, because you've been yeah. hurt so bad, and then you know, hearing that the guy who killed his parents get you know sort of there's getting out snaps him sort of back to reality. And then he goes on sort of just doing what he thinks needs to be done. And by no means does that turn him into an expert killing machine. No. Um, He seems to have street smarts, which makes sense. He has street smarts. Which which makes sense considering like, okay, you were a child who your parents were killed and you've been a child as as a result ever since living for over a decade in this Mm. situation. He's so street intelligent. And that sort of plays into the role of this person who's going to go and try and get revenge. Because he's sitting there going, I know how to walk through a room and not get noticed. I know where do I go in a busy situation to not get noticed. noticed yeah. What are all these things that I can do to get what I want without getting but noticed? We really, like, what we really want to bring up here is that the way we're describing him now makes him seem like he's like he's very good at this sort of... He's very, he's very good, good at being not noticed, but when it yeah. comes to the actual hands-on, that's what I like about too many times in a movie, they go, I'm going to kill someone now, and I've been a vagrant doing this, and that makes me the therefore, perfect killing machine. Therefore, yeah. I can put a gun into someone's temple and pull the trigger. Whereas he's like, okay, I can get myself in this situation where I've got a gun to someone's head, and then I'm going to go, I'm just a dude who's just trying to live. Yeah, exactly right. And I've got a gun. Um, and... Yeah, actually, in, in, in the in the first one where he kills um, Wade, you know the first person he kills, it's so messy and it could have easily have been him because he was just he thought he was ready and then he was like sort of freaks out like you can see him in in, in that he knows s- what he wants, but how am I going to do this? He's a human being going. I'm going to have to end a human's life. What the fuck? He am premeditated. We premeditated to the point where he had the knife. He's hiding in the stall at that point, yeah. and then he's like having second thoughts and doubting it. I figured only until he gets spotted in the mirror. That he finally goes, oh, okay, I gotta go because you yeah. can see me now. So yeah. it's kind of just that moment. <clears throat> like, 
all, all leading up to it, he's fine with that part, but yeah. then at the actual final moment. You know, the, the, touched on the things as well, but, you know, he's never fired a gun before. You know, so when he gets it in his hands, he has no idea what he's doing, and he's a terrible shot. Even at the end of this movie, he misses uh, quite a few shots, uh, you know, the, yeah. when, even though he's had a gun in his hands for quite some time. Again, so many times in movies, they start shooting. By the end of the movie, they <laughs> are a crack fucking, shot. Yeah, they could hit someone from X amount of yards away, straight through the eyeball, through the scope. Yeah. No, yeah. not this guy. He misses close range. Close, close range, which to the point, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, but someone sits there and says, you're a terrible shot. I'm going to give you this weapon. Yeah. It's better suited to the way you shoot because you're a terrible shot. And I thought that was fantastic. It's, it directly looks the camera in the eye. Well, it, it suddenly looks the camera in the eye and sits there and addresses those sorts of issues. Where yeah, exactly right. All of a sudden, I've never shot a gun in my life. All of a sudden, they're the best fucking crack shot of all time. Meanwhile, he's like, no, I just want to get revenge. I'm not a crack shot. Here's how I'd do it. Oh, it's fantastically executed. He sort of is open to his flaws in that respect as well, though, because mm. he does he manages to take control of nearly all the situations he's in mm. just through using his own, you know, bit of bit of nouse about it, you know, a bit of okay, well, I'll do this and this mm. might work, and he's smart enough to think that, you know, he's very smart in a practical sense. Um, with everything that happens to him, it, you know, it makes you feel a bit sorry that he could have had a maybe a bright future if it wasn't yeah. for the sort of murder of his parents. Plus, he looks like the classic engineer as well. Oh, he does. (laughs) He's really, though, the character is really the hero and villain of this movie. Yeah. Uh, You know, he he hasn't accepted what the people have deemed as fair punishment, and he wants to exact some of his own, and that makes him a bad person. Yeah. And for your sake, dear listener, I've edited out a drunken circular ramble that I just did on the nature of morality and what defines people as a protagonist or an antagonist in a story. Trust me, it it was really dumb, and... Just completely unnecessary. Any more to say on him? Uh, I would just like to say that there, performance-wise, uh, Macron Blair, or Macron Ma- Blair, Macon? or ha- Macon, or however you Macaroon want to... Blair. Macaroon. <laughs> Seriously, he's one of those sorts of dudes who I will not be surprised within the next few years. Everyone sort of goes, "Oh yeah, he's that dude who's in everything." He, he, he's a fantastic performer. Mm. Like based on this and Green Room. He's got it. Solid. Whatever it is, very, very he solid. is a fantastic actor, and I, I wish the best for him. Hmm. He, he looked much younger with a beard. I was expecting. I don't know why I was expecting. Oh yeah, yeah. He looked he, like, he looked like thought, an, a seventeen-year-old grew a beard on the beach. Yeah, like well, yeah. Maybe not seventeen. Within 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 the the yeah. cinema scope. And then he shaved. I was like, okay, you're actually an older dude. You are. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Fair play. Move on to one of the only other characters in here. Uh, or. Oh, Actors Devin Rattray playing uh, Ben Gaffney. Devin probably is remembered uh, by many as being Buzz McAllister from Home Alone movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good little side character in this, and he brings a lot of humour into the short screen time mm-hmm. that he has. Um, he also fills in for Dwight's lack of ability uh, when it comes to guns, and it was a handy and more realistic way to solve this problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, with the exception of you know other people would have just turned Dwight in. To an instant gun. All of a sudden, he understands how exactly right. Well, this went okay. Well, he doesn't really know how to do it, so we'll add a character in there that can give him a little bit of hand and not be too over the top. They they did try to get him to get his own gun. Like they did show him breaking into a car to steal a gun, but it just had a trigger lock on it, and he's like trying to smash Smash it with a crowbar and ruins it. And he's just 
you can tell he's just not he's out of his depth when it comes to this thing. Yeah, and, and this was a good way to get around that. Um, you know, this guy gives him a gun that he got from a fair so it couldn't be traced. Too many times the normal people, as I've just before, become extra marksmen in movies. Um, and this was a really good way of avoiding that. You know, mm. it handled that. Addressed it directly. Exactly right. You're, okay, you, you know how to pull a trigger. You suck. Mm. This thing is a bit of a buckshot. It'll kill what you need well, to kill. Well, not just that. This put him, this put Dwight in an awkward and stressful position and allowed him to fail. Yeah. And this guy was there through a legitimate reason of being there, not just a... A know, convenient narrative reason that he happens to I'm be I'm the there. old guy. I'm going to teach you exactly about right. It's like, no, I'm your old mate. Yeah, well, he gave him this reason to fail. And uh, like this ability to fail without it, him getting killed, really. Yeah. You know, it was like a safety safety yeah. net. And, and it worked really well for the story. Um, like I said, a really good side character mm. to add some plot points through there. Anything else to say on him? Uh, no. I think we're pretty... Oh, sorry. There was, sorry, there's one more thing I wanted to say, actually. He also started a movie called, called Courting Conti. It's a movie about this actor's infatuation and crush on the former U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. Okay. Is that Macon? No, this is a uh, this is uh, Devin Rattray. Might be worth a look. Oh, I think the like shits and gigs. Is it a thriller? Starring vagrants. I want not a bar. Well, I'm going to say that Greasy Strangler is a thriller in a sense. Absolutely, it is. Moving on to looks and sorry, 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 sorry. Kevin Colak as Teddy Cleveland. Very small screen time. Um, but <laughs> yep. delivered some awesome dialogue with Dwight before having his head taken clean off with Spoilers. a very fun gun so, uh, familiar Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had some very wise words. Uh, yeah. And that was when he was saying, this is how this works, man. The one holding the gun gets to tell the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. The person not holding the gun will make up and create any story that, doesn't that will get, the get gun that person... Enough holding the gun not Absolutely. to kill them. Um, and if anything, Dwight should have taken this statement as a warning. Yeah. Because he literally warned him. He said, that basically, the one telling the... He gets to tell the truth. So the, the one not holding the gun gets to fucking lie. So when he's saying, oh, well, yeah, I'll just sit here, you know... And it all, it all backfires. So, but absolutely, like, that, that character as well, with his capacity to sit there and look at him and say, this is the world you're trying to trek into, like, within the story of the film. It's like, this is what you're trying to do. Do you realise what you're getting into? This is like, he did that. That's why we all did this. You're just making it worse, man. Yeah, he's just making it worse. This is a fair one. This is just shot across the bow. I haven't got anything. And then it continues. Yeah. yeah. And eventually he ends up with a gun. And then he turns around and said, right, now it's my turn to tell the truth. Mm. And then just gives him some really harsh truths. Mm-hmm. That was just a, a really point of story. Sorry, moving on to looks and tone. I think this is a example of a movie that is slow but I'm fine with as we know I do poorly with slow nothing happened film and this film felt like it was slow building suspense where there wasn't for a lot of it there wasn't quote unquote stuff happening but there was really it was just so it was executed very well the slow building suspense in Mm -hmm. between um, stuff happening essentially so I felt like that was one of its strong points Yeah, yeah absolutely like throughout this like I I have to admit I tend to look at a film there's a point where I'll sit there, I remember I'm watching a film and I'll check how much time I've got to go on a film. I didn't do that until about, about half hour in. And this is 90 minutes, so hmm. three half hour blocks. It wasn't until a half hour in that I sat there and checked the time. 
that for me is a good indication that it's a, a decent well, film. it's a yeah. decent film because it's sitting there, it's keeping my attention long enough that I'm like, okay, well, well, oh shit, oh, I forgot how much time have I got. I will check. It did that fantastically. In terms of looks and tone, absolutely. It is a film that is a product of its budget, but there's nothing that I sat there and looked at and went, oh, you tried to do something special and you failed. It did what was their fan. budget? I don't even actually know what the budget I don't, was. I don't know what the budget, the budget was, but it, they whatever they, <laughs> they did, there was nothing that they sit there and tried to be the next more James than Cameron. More exactly. yeah, Absolutely. It didn't try to be more than it was. It sat there and was like, this is our budget. This is what we're going to try and do. And all the shots of especially the characters, or especially Dwight, because he's the main character, in what it They're follows emotive. him. They're emotive. And it follows what he does. And everything has a reason. It's not just... I've just got to do this thing. It's like, well, yeah, okay, it's his sister's house. He's going to go up and make sure he turns the water off after using it as a distraction. Mm-hmm. He's going to cardboard up the fucking window. He's going to do all these things and sort of sit there. And everything that happens is a motive of what the characters are doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other lesser films would just sit there and go have these moments for the sake of having a moment. Exactly right. And I think they've done fantastically well. Especially for, now that I realise it's the same director as Green Room and the same actor. Green Room's Green Room. after this. Yeah, well. after, after this. Yeah. This is but better than Green Room. This yeah. is better than Green Room. I will, I will openly admit that it's better than Green Room. That said, I do love a good gory horror. And I think <laughs> Green Room well, was a different beast. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. The thing is, though, that you can definitely feel the director coming through in some of the violence in this film. I feel oh, like yeah. we should say at this point that there are some pretty gruesome gory parts in this movie oh well, yeah I would, I would say crazy gory but like no they, not crazy they, gory. they can be visceral like. yes yeah. <laughs> pulling a fucking crossbow. Uh, crossbow bolt out of your leg and having the camera directly on that on your thigh as you're doing that that's pretty gory and that's the sort of thing we see in this film I thought as far as looks and tone it didn't there was nothing special about it, but it didn't really do anything bad at the same yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a fairly somber affair. It comes across as that very well. Mm-hmm. There was a few things that you might have just like, not looked at too hard, but they're actually giving you quite a bit. Like at the start when Dwight is at the beach, when he's that vagrant and he is a bit lost, the beach shots aren't this bright, happy, beautiful beach. They're a bit of a grey life yeah. mist. Mm-hmm. They're not the nicest days at the beach. No, no, no. You know, and that really comes across. Um, you know, most of the shots are windy. Uh, you can see them just people being sandblasted, yeah. sort of a thing. Like they're not, they're not portraying a beautiful beach life. Yeah, they, they're, they're setting that tone with that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and going with the title of the film, there was seemed to be for me at times a bit of a blue filter on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just to like, it, there wasn't, but it just seemed yeah, uh, there was. Yeah. A- absolutely. Uh, in terms of uh, color palette and that kind of thing. Where Green Room would sit there and lean on this obviously green sort He's got of a thing with colours. Color palettes. <laughs> he does. He does a little bit as, as a director. Uh, he did also lean on certain points. Lean on the cut sort of colour palette as, as, a, uh, as a means of sort of establishing a sort of theme and that kind of thing. Where perhaps breaking the film up a bit more into in, within the first third, this is the colour palette, this is the second yeah, third, yeah, this is the yeah. colour palette. It might have succeeded a bit more. Overall, though, for what it was. Oh, oh yeah, exactly right. Like, like I said, a, a touch of blue. Like, it wasn't given a blue rinse. It wasn't about to become a member of the Blue Man Group. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was it was nice. And I, I, I like the fact that it tied in nicely with his car being a blue wreck and therefore being a blue ruin. Um, yeah. yeah. I really like that. Ha-ha. Oh, the themes. 
Um, you kind of touched on it before. The thing that I really liked about this film is that they did a lot of small things. It's a thing that I enjoyed in, film, in films where they, they pay attention to the little things. Like mm-hmm. when you saw the blue ruined car and suddenly he wants to start driving it again, he takes a battery out of a plastic bag that he's been storing on the side so that it would not rust and go, yeah. go flat. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's clever. I would never really have thought of that. Something and he pulls he the off. gas can out. Yeah, exactly. He, he, it establishes not only the fact that he's thought about this thing, he's going to get this thing running, but he's also an intelligent, caring yeah. human being. And that's more rambling deleted. You're welcome. Some other stuff as well. Like when they, they yeah, cut, so back, cut back at the end of the film where they show the pitchfork still where he placed it down just before the siege of the house with his sister. Like they cut yeah. back to that to do just, I don't know, acknowledge that that would still be sitting there. Yeah. Just these little little touches that they put One in. thing, sorry, I just... I don't know if Teddy said it was... Um, how the parents were killed. Were they shot in a car? They were shot in that car. In that, they were that car. Yeah, okay. I thought that was the case because it had bullet holes in the side yeah. of it. Yeah, I didn't. So, so it, 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 at the very start, at the very focused. start, when it reveals that he returns to the car, not through the house, and his sister then lays down, and there's these bullet holes, and you're wondering why. Yeah. I, I, I figured it was people at the beach having pop shots, but then I just no. clicked with me then. And no, it's sort of established that this car is far more messed up than yeah. I actually yeah. personally. It's just terrible. So it's like, oh, okay, this car's taking shots, whatever. And then it's not until later it's revealed that Teddy says uh, Teddy uh, he was yeah there was a, there it, a comment it was, it was regretful was that she was in the car as well yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's meant to be like no we were just trying to get him yeah the fact that she was there as well was unfortunate okay so this this spray across this car means so much more and he's yeah. sitting there and re- resurrecting and dragging this beast throughout his life. Is a huge piece of symbolism. Who wants a long-winded, rambling, circular rant about symbolism? Not me, that's for sure. Deleted. Uh, so I think we're, we're moving on from looks and, uh, tone, looks and tone to overall. To overall. Yeah, good little film. I, you know, um, superb acting from the lead role. Dwight is hardly the ruthless, you know, ruthlessly efficient killing machine of most revenge thrillers. And whilst Dwight, in some areas, comes across as quite capable, this film doesn't really ever let you forget that Dwight is a broken man mm. he's a sort of bit of an empty shell and going through the motions because he's too scared you know to think of any other way to live he's a, he's a child who was aware of the fact that his parents were murdered and he's trying to get revenge yeah I, overall I really enjoyed it yeah thought it was a great film um, it, is a, it is a slow I feel like it's a slow burn even though a lot of stuff happens but it's highly enjoyable uh, yeah absolutely like I, I can understand why you would call it a slow burn yeah. At the same time, I was very surprised at how far into the movie I was when I would sit there and check the time. A lot happens, but if you pay attention, there's a story being told with with everything that happens and occurs. It's not your traditional Hollywood film of, oh, boo-hoo, here's me crying, and I'm going to tell you why I'm crying. It's all these little sort of things. You go, oh, yeah, absolutely, that dude who's been living for... Um, the how who knows like for two decades, understanding how to live and be ignored as a human being, yeah. doing these things and applying them to the, his situation of trying to get revenge. Yeah, he's yeah. like fantastic. He, he's misadventure and his own personal ruin sort of underline, you know, in this film. You know, uh, Macon Blair. That was one of the best things about him. He was amazingly at amaz- did amazingly at keeping this bubbling away just 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 from the surface. Mm. You know, um, you know his character. 
you know, he, he didn't take delight in the revenge that he was dishing out. And, you know, and by the end of the film, he was sort of even really regretting it. You could see it was really weighing heavily on him. You know, he, he's a scared man killing people because he can't see any other way at, by this point of how to yeah. get out of the situation. Yeah. I think he'd want to stop or, or turn around, but he can't. He's gone too far. Yeah. He needs to finish it for the sake of other people in his yeah. life. Yeah. You know, the, the, the few people that are left in his life, his sister and her children who have continued to live and he's unfortunately he realises after the fact that he's brought them into it and he has no other choice but to finish And he probably he just didn't really consider that. No, at the time when he was sick I'm doing what I want to do I'm being selfish He's like I'm, I've got to kill the dude who killed my parents Absolutely, he's getting out How fucking dare he get out of prison for the fact of what he'd done and that's where the film sort of starts and he sort of after the fact realises I've started a chain reaction and I need to protect what I care about. As far as recommending it, yes, I definitely would. Great movie. Yeah, really good movie. Check it out. I I think it's one of those ones where I'm so surprised I didn't know about it. It is a fantastic film. I really enjoyed it in terms of uh, film structure, its story, the way it's shot. Everything about it, it's a really fantastic film. It's actually one of my favourite ones that you've recommended. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. It is, it is a really good piece of cinema. I, I agree with you. It, it covered like all the basics that you could possibly poke for. In the same way that Walt's being a B-grade movie, we'll go back to was Frogtown, mm. where we talked about that, how it went, we're a B-grade movie, but just to be playing the safe side, we're just going to cover a couple of bases here, so you can't poke too many holes in it. Yeah. This thing did the exact same thing. It went, okay, here's some here's some areas where like, you could really poke some holes yeah. in it, so we're going to just give you a couple of safety nets here, so you can't really do that. We've laid that groundwork, now put in some decent acting, Absolutely. and you've got a great movie. Yeah, mm. and, and I'd, I'd really be surprised that uh, if this Macron, Macon or whatever his fucking name is, Blair. Macon. I want to go with Macon. <coughs> Macon. It sounds pretty good. It's like if bacon. he's not huge within the next Macon. like five years, holy fucking shit, he deserves it. He is evidently, based on Green Room and this, someone very, very special. Uh, I'm going to hit stop for the moment so I can save and then we'll go on spoilers and all that sort of jazz. Oh, if uh, <clears throat> Spoiler it is. Spoilery doos. Uh, Mike, lead us. What, what happens in the end here? Well, I mean, I kind of feel like we you can kind of guess. Like, really. I don't really feel like there's a whole lot of spoilers no. to it. It all, it, all, it all comes to a head at the end where there's the final, the final showdown with the, the, the remaining people that haven't been... Killed yet? Yeah, basically. Like it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a revenge film where revenge begets revenge. Like, it's just... They, you killed my brother, so I have to kill you, and then, and you're trying to kill me, so I'm going to kill you as well. Again, this is what set this movie a little bit different from a lot of places because in a lot of other movies, the hero slash villain in the movie lives. In this movie, he dies. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's true. That is also very good. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy when someone's going the balls to be like, instead of just running through and just killing everyone and getting out. Maybe with just a couple yeah, of scratches. Yeah. No, you die. Well, the thing they've yeah. been pushing through the whole thing is how the hell do we stop? How do we get back to normal from here? Like, they've gone so yeah. far down this path. What is the exit strategy here? There is none. Like, yeah. it's you're going to get locked if up in you... jail for the rest of your life or everyone's going to die. And they went the everyone's going to die route, which yeah. is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least it's there. Lucian and I goes, in the real world, if you sit there and say, I'm going to kill these people, these people are going to try and kill you. So what's the end result? Someone goes to prison, or some, or everyone dies. Yeah, and the thing is, he didn't have much of a like. 
Hatash say he didn't have much of a life to lose in that sense because he was basically lost. And at the end of the day, probably eased a lot of pain for him. He didn't seem very happy and he's in a lot of emotional pain. He's now just killed five people by the end of this movie. Mm. That's going to weigh on him as well. So yeah. probably a lot easier. He accomplished everything in the sense that no one now is going to be getting, going to be trying and getting revenge. Oh, the sister's going to be safe and so the daughter's. And if anything, oh, she's now going to have a half-brother as well. So... Yeah. I think I didn't kill two people. Knife mm, at the start. Knife at the start. One, two, three. Oh, caused Teddy's killing in a sense. Yeah, but he didn't Shot actually. the brother and then shot the mother and the mother shot, shot the sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so there was three. Three, maybe. Four, maybe. Four, four in the sense that he caused yeah, one. Three and a half. Yeah. Or three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Are we arguing inches here? Or? <laughs> anyway, continue. No, good. Uh, uh, like that's the only real spoiler in the sense that he he goes on, he kills people, he ends up dying. Yeah. Um, the fact that the reason being the whole thing is his dad couldn't keep it in his pants, slept with some dude's missus, so the dad killed him. Unfortunately, the mum was in the car, so she also copped it as well. Then they set up, well, they set up, they discussed it and was like, well, the dad's got cancer, he doesn't want to die in jail. So one of the sons put his hammer and went, you know what, I'll take the rap, got nothing against my name. I'll take a six year rap. And he, he came out, you know, eventually. And Teddy couldn't do it apparently because he already had a couple of strikes and his name would have been there for a long time. So. Yeah, a little touch of it. Where he went to the old family house and he. he be pissed on the headstone of the dad of the he father. smashed multiple oh, he glasses was, of he water. was chugging water down to trip down to make himself piss and then just pissed on the guy that was great mm-hmm. thought that was uh, a nice a nice touch it was it was well done alright yeah. yeah but there's one scene where he's he's vomiting and I'm pretty certain that's really the act of vomiting there like that's not CG wouldn't and, surprise me like that was, was like, like, it's not hard to make yourself vomit so. probably not hard but I was like Okay. Commitment. I, that, I, I you didn't need to put that in. No, there, yeah, because like, he does, he does a, a good mouthful, and you still go, okay, that's pea and ham soup. And he waits and breathes a second or two, and there's another mouthful, like a huge mouthful. And you're like, oh fuck, that's a pretty good vomit take. So <laughs> you, you're led to believe that it's it's, it's realistic. That said, um, I can make myself vomit. Yes. My thinking is that can anyone else? If I'm really drunk, I can do it. Nice. If I'm nice. not, no. No. I can, I can, I can think and then move my abdominal muscles and then. Yeah, you, but he just goes. Out. Yeah, fair okay, enough. You filled your body with poison. Evacuate. No, I, I can sit there and concentrate on pretty much any moment of my life. I'm like, I'm well, we, have, we have the new Let's intro get for, a like, for bucket. next week's. Let's test this, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> can we not? Because it's terrible. You've it's told like, us about it now. Like you, you can't do that and then back no. out. No. Anyway, uh, the film continues. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he, he kills pretty much everyone involved in the family, uh, except for the one person who we let live even earlier. Yeah, there was one one little pet peeve I had at the end of this was that they didn't... I, I'm guessing it's because it's like a violence against women thing, but all the men that got shot, you saw very gruesomely, like, faces being blown off sideways and that sort of thing. And then with this one, it was kind of like you saw just the bullet spray, her fall over. And then with the other shot, it was like a panned back shot with flashes inside the house. Yeah. And it's like, I'm guessing you've just being delicate with it because there were women i would i don't know why that potentially like, like no, i don't know now why that you mention really it i understand i hadn't noticed it but, but yeah but yeah, absolutely just, like I, I get they want to be more delicate around that but they also had some pretty like the dude got stabbed essentially directly behind the eye with square in the temple he has yes. a thing for stabbing people in the heads as well 
It does. A little bit. This is Mike we're talking about directly in front of him. We'll bring this up later. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, you don't need to be worried. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely I, right. It's like, like, all like the I ma- wanted to watch the women get murdered. But it, was just, <laughs> it was just like, why would they shy it when they showed it? No, Man, they only had else. men killings in this. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I saw two women. I am gonna get taken out. Yeah. I got yeah. my cock in my hand. <laughs> What's, what's wrong with Jesus them? Christ! Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a vagrant. I'm not that. You're absolutely right there. Like the, the fellas are like uh, a fellow gets his lower jaw blown off, yeah, the top of his head way. blown off, and all these other sort of things. Whereas the female characters in this who get murdered, uh, they get murdered nicely. It, it, they turn know, their shoulder just, and they're dead. It was just such a contrast. It was a little absolutely. thing that, that I kind of picked up at the end. That it was just I don't know. Like, like there was the, the run just before it, the brother just before it, like yeah. got hit in the neck, and you saw like all the neck, and he'd fall over in a bloody mess, and then yeah, nothing pops out. Oh. I don't know, it was just different. I thought it was. Well, there you go. There it was odd. Go. That is the end of the spoilers, I guess. Thus ended the podcast. Thus ended the podcast. Thank you for noticing how I ended the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week's film. Whose pick is it? It's my pick. I pick a film called Dirty Ho. Dirty Ho. It's a kung fu film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dirty Ho. From oh, 1976. 1976. Holy shit, okay. A prince a thief to serve his as his bodyguard to protect him from assassins. Sounds great. It is actually pretty good. It's great. Anyway, that's the film I've chosen.